Hello and welcome to the Caged In Podcast. This is episode 24 and this week I will be looking at leaving Las Vegas. Um, I have two simple rules with this podcast for you who have never listened before and those are no distractions and no expectations. So no distractions, pretty simple. I don't look at social media or anything whilst I'm watching the episode. I don't look at anything. I turn my phone on airplane mode. I ignore the front door. I ignore the home phone. It's just me and my lovely, lovely boy, Nicolas Cage. I'm looking into his soul. He's looking deep into mine and twisting it and rotting it and making it a whole load of disgusting throughout this journey. Um, And no expectations so it's hard to avoid uh some information about this film um in passing uh i've definitely heard and it's on every single dvd cover from like the last five years a straight to dvd movie he's been in that this is the film nicholas cage won an oscar for so there is some part of me that's Hoping to sweet, sweet God, if he exists, that this is going to be good. And um, there's one little other thing I know about this film is that Nicolas Cage's character is uh, drunk. So to make things a bit more interesting with this episode, every time he drinks on screen, I'm also going to drink. Um, maybe not the volumes of alcohol he drinks because yeah if he's an alcoholic it's probably going to be a hell of a lot and his story's probably set over various amounts of days mine will be however long this film is i don't even know the length of it um but yeah i'm actually drinking alone so i'm really going method with this one i'm delving deep as can be i'm alone i'm getting into the mind of a drunk i'm I'm living it, and that's all for you guys, all in the name of entertainment, and in the name of the Caged In podcast. I've had a couple of drinks already, just to get me um, just get me going, I'm drinking uh, Sailor Jerry, rum and uh, coke, I'm not sponsored by either of those guys, just thought I'd let you know what i'm drinking i'm not like yeah i'm not having beers or anything like that i'm going for the hard stuff hardened drinker just like nicky boy cage's character in this film so um yeah i guess there's only one thing left to do and that's uh getting fucking pissed and raging with a cage gotta be honest um i just went for a cigarette halfway through the film because um we're gonna need a bit of fresh air feeling pretty fucking pissed to be honest um so yeah it's gonna be real interesting 
So let's get one thing straight. First of all, um, drinking during this film was probably not the best idea, especially drinking along with um, Nicolas Cage's character because uh, he plays a full-blown alcoholic. I almost feel like it's quite insensitive to almost drink along with him because it's quite a serious film tackling the problems of alcoholism and i now feel like a bit of a dick um this film was i really enjoyed it but i'm not sure if it is the type of film to watch drunk because it made me feel pretty pretty sad and as we all know alcohol is not an upper it is a downer and really 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 kicks on home when you've been drinking you want something real real heavy and hard um yeah but this film was uh released in 1995 directed by um Mike Figgis and um, stars Nicolas Cage as Ben Sanders, um, Elizabeth Shue as Sarah, and Julian Sands as Yuri. Um, I guess it's about that time we discuss what the fuck happened in this film oh well to the best of my abilities um i've just looked at how much rum i've drunk (coughs) sorry and um yeah it's probably a lot more than i was uh intending to but you go i had to drink when he drank and yeah he drank a fucking lot in this film so Oh boy. <laughs> so this film opens um with just kind of really gets in there from the start of what what we're to expect because it is Nicolas Cage going down a supermarket aisle buying as much booze as humanly possible loading up a trolley just literally Ball to the brim with booze. We're not talking any of these shallow trolleys. We're talking a deep, deep trolley. Just loading up. He's He's got the wide array. He's got the whiskies. He's got the vodkas. He loves the vodka. Um, he's got some gin. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a little... It's kind of a funny moment because um, it's like he gets just past the booze and there's like loads of water on the shelf and he like leans back to buy... Just one more bottle of booze. And like, as soon as I saw that, I thought, fuck, I'm in trouble. I'm going to be drinking, oh, a hell of a lot. And, uh, fucking have, fuck. Um, so then we see a scene in a restaurant where you've got, um, a load of people having dinner. And one of the ones, like one of the only actors I recognized was richard lewis as um any of you who've watched kirby enthusiasm will know he plays himself in that um and little fun fact is actually a recovering alcoholic himself so um yeah had a lot to say to like nicholas cage on the set of this i, I believe by this point he was kicked the booze but um he's having yeah he's having dinner with a few people and um Oh, another thing about Richard Lewis as well, obviously he's in Kirby Enthusiasm. Kirby Enthusiasm stars Larry David. Larry David was one of the co-creators of Seinfeld. So that is the reference to Seinfeld or Twin Peaks done for this episode. Yes. <laughs> but he's having dinner with a, a load of people. And then it is rudely interrupted by Ben, Nicholas Cage's character. Um, he wants to talk to Richard Lewis's character, who um, his name is Peter, because I've got the uh, credits paused on the screen right now, so that helps a great deal. Um, 
he wants to chat to him and he wants to borrow cash he is like but looks at everyone else at the table is like who the fuck is this guy what is his deal um he hands over the cash and says like this is the last time like get out of here don't drink in here go drink somewhere else um and then we cut to ben in a bar chatting to a lady and he sings a lovely song which goes a little bit like this you turn me on you turn me on you're not too tall you're not too short you're not too round you're like a cat the cat in the hat look at you look at those eyes (laughs) and he pesters the lady um and tries to get her to come home with him she knows that he is way too pissed um for any of that mischief and pushes him to one side she's like get the fuck out of here um and he's told to leave her alone by the bartender as well and um just in my notes here it says he is a fucking creep um yeah i think that's safe to say uh she tells him maybe you shouldn't drink so much <laughs> and his response is this maybe i shouldn't breathe so much terry <laughs> <laughs> and it is that laugh that um just made me want to put that little clip in um oh sorry about that um and then like all good things the bar closes because all good things have to come to an end um then we get a scene of Ben uh, necking a bottle of vodka in a car, and if I wasn't already worried about how much I was, how much alcohol I was going to have to consume, this see this just this this just scene just I was like fuck. Um, and a policeman on a motorbike pulls up, and he hides the bottle, and he's like staring the policeman out. It's like, and then eventually, the policeman pulls away. I fucking don't have a clue why he pulls away because he is definitely definitely way too pissed so when one bar closes it's on to the next one like the door said yeah the door say that i just i can't fucking remember um still drinking i don't know why but like daniel Benningfield said gotta get through this um he moves on to um, one of the weirdest strip clubs I've ever seen because it is um, they have a live jazz band playing, which yeah I felt uh, like like I don't know it's got a very heavy like jazz score to it like a smooth soft jazz score which is also is composed by Mike Figgis so he is a money saving man very clever of him uh, i actually read i've actually probably done more research on this film being pissed than do most i actually read that um this film was filmed on 16 millimeter as opposed to 35 and nicholas cage said that he found the 16 mil camera a lot less imposing than that of a 35 mill um but yeah he's in this jazz strip club and next probably a um a quarter bottle of whiskey whilst watching a stripper and kind of has a weird freak out seizure like probably that all that booze fucking hitting his body at once um he then leaves the bar, and what is the logical step from leaving a bar being that pissed, obviously drinking all day? You got it, guys. Um, he approaches a prostitute. I think he's still driving at this point as well. Um, he says to her, did I start drinking because my wife left me, or did I did my wife leave because of my drinking? Very profound thoughts from a man who is in a stupor of a drunken mess um 
she's sucking his finger and then we it cuts to him laying on the floor of his kitchen sort of guess guess it's his kitchen and then he has a flashback when he like feels his hand that she was doing that not for sexual pleasure no but she was sucking one of his rings off his finger to steal from him um just one of many moments of him like getting in a stupor going down and down into that uh, the dark depths of depression and alcoholism oh fuck i wish i didn't drink so much during this episode <laughs> uh then we get the next day he goes to a bank with a check because he just needs more money to feed that habit um and they say you gotta sign the check and like he's a fucking wreck he's fucked he's sweating he's a mess and he's like oh, i gotta get out of here um and then like he's like oh, yeah i'm just gonna just gonna pop out and then um straight to a bar the same bar he was in last night and um the barman says to him like you should be drinking coffee it's way too early for you to be drinking and he's like please just one last day after this you can you can refuse me and he's like i could refuse you right now this drink is on the house and then he goes back to the bank and has a dictaphone and he is saying some of the weirdest shit i've ever heard and here's a little clip are you desirable are you irresistible maybe if you drank bourbon with me it would help maybe if you kissed me and i could taste the sting in your mouth it would help if you drank bourbon with me naked if you smelled of bourbon as you fucked me it would help it would increase my esteem for you if you poured bourbon onto your naked body and said to me drink this if you spread your legs and you had bourbon dripping from your breasts and your pussy and said drink here then i could fall in love with you because then i would have a purpose to clean you up and that that would prove that i'm worth something i'd lick you clean so that you could go away and fuck someone else he says this uh, as he's staring at the bank teller who had served him earlier and i found this a really weird scene because there was no other mention of a dictaphone in this film he never you know he never addresses this again he just um it's just this scene and it is fucking weird and uh as you can hear from that clip the things he is saying is fucking batshit crazy. Uh, at this point, I fucking hated his character. I thought, like, what a piece of shit. Um, he signs the check. He's in high spirits. He's back on the booze. So he's like, I'm ready to rock and roll, baby. Um, we then see him in an office. Uh, he's on the phone. He's like... Sounds like he's cutting deals. There's scripts piled up. Um, I read afterwards. It doesn't really address it in the film. But he is a script writer. Uh, He talks to a secretary who's like, you should see Mr. Simpson. He really, really wants to see you. He's like, oh, no, 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 I've got to go out. I've got got a couple of big deals I need to cut. And she's like, no, 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 come on. I think you really should see him. Um, he goes to see him. The guy's name, uh, Mr. Simpson, is Bill Simpson. Lovely, lovely man. Um, I don't know that. I just thought, I thought I'd say that. He, say, he seems like a bloody lovely bloke. And he, he's quite apologetic to him and says, we're going to have to let you go. And um, Ben gets quite teary and is like, oh, like I'm so sorry. Um, I think he knows. He knows he's fucked up. He knows that... His drinking has got out of control. Um, and he says, like, Bill says to him, what are you going to do now? And he's like, I'm going to move to, uh, I'm going to move to Las Vegas. That's my, that's my plan. Like, I, I'm out of here. I'm out of LA. It's a dead town anyway. 
Who cares about this shit? Vegas is where it's at. Then we cut to Vegas and we um, see a character who's introducing himself and his name is Yuri Butskov. Um, and he's like, I've got, I've got something special for you guys. It's a room full of like two guys and um, a lady. And uh, he's like, this, this is Sarah for you. Um, Sarah comes in uh, automatically, like I'm not to judge, but... I was like, is she a prostitute? Um, and things get pretty, pretty full on in the room. Uh, her and the, her and the lady in the room are getting quite intimate. It's kind of quick shots, like you don't, you don't see a lot, but it's very suggestive. And um, one of the guys in the room is ah, uh, what's his name? The guy from Third Rock from the Sun who is not John Lithgow or, oh, what's his name? Your boy from Brick and Looper, he is not them. It is the other guy, French something, I can't really remember his name. And I guess like some three-way or four-way went on, some mental sex shit. Um... Then we see uh, Sarah talking to the camera, like talking off camera to someone. At this point, we do not know who she is talking to. Um, and she's talking about her prices and what, like, she's like, it's £300, $300 uh, just to get me into the room. And then $500 on top of that, like, yeah, like, then we negotiate what I'm actually doing. Um then I, I got quite confused because it kind of cut from this very quickly, like from her perspective to Yuri talking. But then when it cut back to Sarah, she's wearing something completely different. So I was like, is this supposed to be the same scene and just really poorly edited? I was like, can't be. It can't be. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's having breakfast with Yuri and they kind of uh, chatting about how she used to live in LA and that her and Yuri, are, like he's like, we're supposed to be together. And they have the most intense but vanilla sex. It's like him just like, are you lonely? She's like, yes. And he's like, I'm lonely too. Like missionary, boring as fuck, but so intense. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fucking weird. Uh, then we get a scene of... Ben getting ready to move to Vegas. And he is packing up loads of shit. He's putting it in bin bags and he's burning it in the front yard. And he is drinking a hell of a lot of booze. And let's let's have a little drink to that. (sighs) Sorry. Um, And then he's... Like we get a scene of him driving to Vegas. He's obviously still drinking. Uh he goes to a gas station where there's a couple of guys talking, um in Latvian, which is where Yuri's from, I guess. But um the DVD I got of this, for some weird reason, the title menu and the subtitles in this film were in German, but the film was in English. So I do not know what these guys were saying because it was subtitled in German. Um, I wasn't in the right frame of mind and didn't really want to try and figure out how to get that into English. I heard the name Yuri mentioned, so I guess Yuri was mentioned, but I don't think, I don't know, it probably did give away. It probably did help with the plot somewhat, but ah, I was fucking pissed. Uh, <laughs> um, he gets to Vegas, and one of the first things he nearly does when he gets there is he nearly runs over Sarah. She's like, You're a bit of a shit, like, what are you doing? Um, and then he goes to a motel, which is called The Whole Year In. Um, but they have a sign above their like front desk that says the whole 
you're in. A nice little play on words. Um, it's kind, it kind of seems like the type of place that fits Ben perfectly. It seems like the type of place for those fucking down and outers, which he is 100%. Um, we then get another scene of Sarah talking to the camera. Uh, explaining her sex work and explains a very like very graphically um, one of the experiences she's had with uh, a fat, ugly, hairy man, and it sounds fucking brutal. Um, then we get oh, it says here in my notes boozing and cruising, and I guess that is Ben because he loves to booze and cruise. He loves to drink and drive. Um, he finds Sarah out of like all all possibilities, like Vegas of all things. But like he says, so like I'll pay you, I'll pay you to come with me. Like just come to my room for an hour. Um, he seems a bit creepy, but then they go to his room, and there is just so 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 much fucking booze everywhere. It's ridiculous. Um. She thinks, right, he's another trick, like, let's get to work, and starts to uh, suck his dick, and um, he just does not seem into it, and he says, like, uh, he sings, he sings this, like, weird song, he's like, the cat's in the cradle, the bread's in the bin, the onion's on the chopping board, my uncle's coming in, like, something along those lines, it's definitely not those words, but it's... It is as weird as that. If you thought that was weird, it's probably just as weird, or if not, weirder. Um, all the way through, he's just like, he's just so focused on drinking, and he says, "I don't want to have sex with you. I just basically want to hang out. Like, let's just talk for the hour." He just wants the company. Um, it's at this moment, like, my opinion of him started to change. Like, my my ice heart started to melt for the character of ben um and just because it's like he's not he's not this fucking asshole he's just a lonely sad man and like yeah really fucking really got to me like uh and then like he explains to her that he's come to vegas to drink himself to death and he says with the money he's he's like question him about it. he says with the money he's got he reckons he'll live for about four weeks on three hundred dollars a day and um yeah she says he's like well your time's up and she's like well i'll stay a little bit longer let's just talk and she cuddles up to him and eventually falls asleep and then the next morning sarah's rushing out she's like fuck i fucked up here um runs back to yuri who is not happy because obviously she had only made five hundred dollars for the night, um, and starts smacking her up. And this scene, I thought, like, fuck, like I think just violence against women, women, woman, women, is fucking horrible. Uh, um, yeah, especially being pissed, it's like even more so. Uh, hit me right in the feels, guys. Uh, she pulls a knife on him, but then does like something like i don't know there's like some very 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 hard like domestic abuse subtext to this film and stuff like that she hands him the knife and then bends over the kitchen table and then we kind of get these flashbacks of um her being cut by yuri like kind of on the back and by the bum and stuff like that and it's just yeah, it's pretty dark. She's like, come on, do it. And he's like, oh, I could kill you, you know. Like, he's he's fucked up, basically. Um, Then we get another scene of her, like, kind of explaining how Yuri used to cut her before and stuff like that. It's another one of these moments where she's kind of talking, like, to the camera as such. Um, we still don't know who she's actually talking to. Um, And then we see the next day, we see, like, maybe later that day... Yuri's in a pawn shop trying to sell a load of shit because he is, um, I'm guessing by this point, he's fucking broke. That's why he's sending Sarah out to, um, yeah, to sell her body uh, just to get him money because I guess he's in a lot of 
shit. Uh, ben then comes in because he's like he had said to Sarah he's going to sell his car tomorrow. Like he doesn't need that anymore, and he um, goes in to sell a watch. Uh, yeah, for five hundred dollars. So bang, that's that's another day you could live for, or another night with Sarah. <laughs> um, then we get Sarah in a casino trying to pick up a guy who is real pissed off with her advances and like no i was just i was just coming here to talk i'm not here to try and fucking sleep with you um she is very quickly booted out uh and then we get another moment of sarah talking to the camera saying how she had um fell for a trick like trick being for those of you don't know uh is uh what like prostitutes call um the the clients basically yeah call them a trick like um said yeah how she had like started to fall for one and didn't really understand why because she'd only spent one night with them and then we cut back to i guess the present day or whenever like these scenes aren't really explained of her talking to the camera but sarah bumps into ben and he invites her out for dinner, and she declines. She's like, oh, "That's not, not something I can do." He's like, "I'll pay you." But she still declines. Um, and he is so fucking pissed. He talks to her, even though she is leaving. He is still talking. Um, yeah, he's got like a martini glass in hand um let's drink to that oh um and then sarah goes to see yuri who's in like a hotel or like a motel room and he pushes her ear up against the wall and says they're talking about me and you're not sure if he's being like mad paranoid or whatever and she's like um okay like kind of seems very subdued and he's like you better leave like and i won't see you again and um i guess this is maybe what the guys at the gas station were talking about because as sarah is leaving there is like three or four guys coming down the hallway of the hotel i guess to fucking kill yuri like because he's in way above his head and he is fucked up. Um, Sarah goes and finds Ben and says, you know what, I'm going to go for that dinner. Um, and then they're out for dinner and she asks why he's a drunk. And he's kind of a bit cryptic about it and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, well, if this this could go over two ways, it's going to be the first date or the last date. She's like, it'd definitely be the first she pulls out a cigarette and I've just written in my notes he does some weird like magician style trick with a with a match and lights up her cigarette I was real impressed <laughs> um at the end of the date she invites him to stay at hers like cuz I don't know cuz seeing her eyes that she she feels sorry for him she wants to kind of look after him and uh, I've written in my notes, like, at this point, I really, really liked Cage's character. I really liked Ben. Like, I don't know, I felt a lot of empathy and sympathy for him. Um, which is crazy, considering, like, his character is on, a, like, a one-way mission to kill himself um, through alcohol abuse and just basically being a piece of shit. Um, Sarah, like, again... We get a scene of her talking to the camera and I guess she's explaining her relationship with Ben, saying how it moved like super quickly and stuff like that. And then it cuts back to those two and she says like, I reckon you should move in. He's like, no, it's not a good idea because I'm an alcoholic and the type of stuff I do, like I knock over a lot of shit and I'm fucking like, I'm a liability basically. Um, she's says she's tired of just being alone and she would like to have him there uh and he says if you're going to have me like you can't stop me drinking it is just who i am and they seal this deal with a kiss 
things are looking on the up and up for our wayward couple. He then returns to his motel room and packs up all his most important possessions. And you guessed it, that's a suitcase full of booze. Um, so he's, yeah, he drinks as well. He, he drinks this concoction like he's just got dregs left in the bottle bottom of all the bottles of booze he just puts them all into one glass and chugs that fucking shit down and like at this moment it made my stomach turn i was like why the fuck am i still drinking even now i've got a drink in my hand why am i drinking now fuck's sake um <laughs> she then comes home and finds that he is asleep on her doorstep her landlady and landlord are there and they do not look impressed and she's very apologetic and helps him into the apartment um he says he wants to pay her for the first month's rent and he says that he's in love with her and she then (laughs) tells him that well in the first month like in included in the rent comes a blowjob which wow if you could get that with a rent that would be fucking great hey guys uh and then she's like i've got some presents for you and she has bought him a shirt and he's like good thing you did that because i got rid of all my clothes because i didn't have much room in my suitcase with all that fucking booze in there and uh the other gift she gives him is a hip flask which um given his state probably not the best present because bears him on as opposed to deters him from drinking but he is he is enamored by this gift and um is like kind of confesses like this says you must be the woman for me because this is the perfect gift for me but is it um yeah and then he makes says a real weird line he says giving you money makes me want to come she says come then so uh, yeah well you never see we don't see them have sex and i feel like this is a thing of the film like um he never seems to have sex with her and uh yeah we'll get we'll, we'll get to that because it seems to um be a i don't know maybe a big plot point of the film uh she suggests that that night they go gambling and they go out and have a whale of a time. They're playing slot machines. They're playing blackjack. And when offered a drink, he asks for a Bloody Mary and is refused and has a fucking meltdown in a casino. And the shot that's used for this is really, really cool, I thought. It's kind of the um, shot of like the eye in the sky you get in a casino. So it's very much from above and very distant. And you can barely hear what they're saying. But you can kind of see this freak out as if um, you were like the security or the manager of the casino. And uh, yeah, security obviously get involved, carting him out. When he gets back, he's laying on the sofa and has this kind of boozy mental seizure. And like, it just really at this moment is like, I really don't want to be drinking. Like it just... It just shows you the depths of depravity that it can send you to. Like, he is is pouring neat vodka into the most minuscule amount of orange juice just to get his fix. And eventually, like, he levels out and climbs into bed with uh, Sarah. She fills in the blanks of the night, the, the stuff he couldn't remember, and says that, she had told the casino that he acted in that way because he's an alcoholic and like she would walk him out and take him home and that they would never go back there. And he's touched by the fact that he, she said they as if they were a unit. Um, he then kind of was just like rubbing her back and finds the scars that Yuri had left and um, kind of nothing is said, but you kind of see from the body language and stuff like that that um yeah they they both feel something um then we get the next day and he's back to his old tricks he's in a bar he orders a beer 
and a double kamikaze and speaks to this kind of nutty young girl who's just drinking and having an argument with her boyfriend and she's kicking the bar and he's like you don't kick the bar you lean on the bar and he's kind of got this weird like Shakespearean accent and she's kissing up on his neck and sucking his earlobe and stuff like that and he's like maybe we we go get a motel room and fuck and he's like oh I'm not sure my wife would be happy about that but uh, let's see what happens and her boyfriend comes over and he's not happy and socks Ben right in the fucking nose and he's a bloody fucking mess um he obviously does the thing that is right and goes back to Sarah's um and he says one of like I had to pause the film because this is (laughs) was just so funny she asks him how he's feeling and he says this I couldn't find a clip for this moment in the film, but he says he is the cling clang cling of the ring rang room, <laughs> which just made me laugh so fucking much. It's just his delivery. Um, like many of his films, his like vocal delivery is all over the place, but in this, it makes total fucking sense because he is just this scatterbrain alcoholic who is out of control and it kind of makes sense um that he just wouldn't he just wouldn't make yeah he just wouldn't make sense like uh and then they go shopping because uh one of the only two shirts he now owns has blood on it and he surprises her with earrings and he says some very weird shit to her in a like he helps her put the earring on and whispers in her ear like something about the fact that it's like she's got to go back to work and he's like like god that, that, that a man will be breathing down you'll feel the hot breath of him on your ear like and she is fucking weirded out and he kind of tries to storm out and the the host of the restaurant is like oh well, let's pump the brakes mate just wait for her and um sarah then goes out that night running tricks and um she suggests before she goes out she's like hopefully you'll be back when you'll be here when i get back and uh maybe we can go away for a few days soon and um then it cuts to them away at this kind of place in the desert away from everything but he is just boozing they're watching tv by the by he's just necking booze there's actually a moment where he's necks a bottle of like bud underwater which i've never seen done before and i was impressed like and i shouldn't be impressed but i was fucking impressed um she then like there's cuts to a scene of her pouring like booze all down her body trying to like rile him up for like sex like it's kind of depressing that this seems to be the only way to kind of get him into it. Like, she pours, like, whiskey on her boobs, and he's, like, sucking it all off. And it's like, this is, like, part of me is, like, dying inside, because, like, this is so sad that, like, it's the only way she can get him to engage. And, like, when they're kind of in the throes of passion and heading back to the room, he falls through a table and seems un phased by it oh you're bleeding wait wait hold it there's glass in here i'm like a prickly pear by this point i was well and truly sucked in because i was pissed off by his attitude and the way he was and like it's just like oh like elizabeth shoe is a lovely looking lady like she is serving herself up to you on a plate. Like, not just that, but, like, I just wanted him to sort his fucking shit out. Um, yeah, Sarah is trying to sort out the mess that he had left in the wake of his boozing, boozy antics. And um, the lady who works at the, like, motel had said, like, You've got until tomorrow morning and you guys are out. You can take your booze in and your loud talking and fuck off out of here. And then um, 
that's it. They're back home. Ben's back to his tricks. He's boozing in the shower. Um, she suggests, like, maybe you should go see a doctor because this ain't, this ain't right. And he's he's not for it. He's like, of course I won't see a doctor. Um, and he mentions, like, he's, like, offended. He's like, maybe I should just move out then. She said, like, you should stay. You owe me that much. Like, I've just given you nothing but allowances. I've been nothing but nice to you. You should definitely stay. And then Sarah goes back out on the game. And... Ben goes gambling and we get a lot of scenes of him kind of like almost like he's having flashbacks of like the fact that he'd lost his wife and family and stuff like that and um and like meeting Sarah and stuff like that uh Sarah comes home to find Ben with another woman and like as much as she was like upset so was I I was like you fucking prick why are you doing this to her she does not deserve this you fucking arsehole <laughs> um, but she quickly leaves I guess like it's kind of like a prostitute's code like a lady comes in yeah, you're out of there there's not there's nothing really said but she says to him that's it you're out like he's just like, oh maybe I'll leave tomorrow she's like no you're out right fucking now um and then we get sarah like back out like the next night and um these like three young guys approach her and like are you interested and obviously she's sad and kind of needs the money she goes with these three young guys to this motel room and they're filming her and stuff like that and they're like oh we've got a friend of ours he's a virgin like this is his first time he really wants to fuck you in the ass. That's their words. Like, sorry, it sounds vulgar. Like, because this scene is fucking brutal. Um, they get real dark. Like, she tries to leave because they're kind of fucking about. She's like, "I, this is not how I play this game. Like, I don't want all three of you in the room at once. Like, two of you wait down. Like, we'll go one at a time. Like, we'll do this thing. Uh, one. Of, she tries to leave, and one of the guy pushes her. And then the guy they had said was a virgin punches her in the face and then puts her over onto her front. And then I can only imagine, like I can't imagine because there are scenes following this where they rape her and it's just, it's fucking horrible. Like you see scenes of those guys punching her in the face this film just yeah it's definitely like it's definitely not the film to be watching when drunk um the next morning she is not met with sympathy by anyone she's in a taxi and the taxi driver's just a fucking arsehole um he tries to kick her out he's like if you you probably haven't got money to pay for this like you look like you're having trouble sitting down like Oh, did did you get a delivery in the back door that you weren't expecting? It's like you fucking prick! Like she has gone through fucking hell. Uh, sorry, I'm sounding really fucking impassioned, but it's fair. Um, Sarah's luck goes from bad to worse as well because as she gets home, a landlord says, "Like we want you packed up and out of here by the end of the week." They, I think, they've cottoned on have had enough of her running tricks and like kind of coming and going and kind of bringing shit to their doorstep as it were um ben's out boozing as as always let's drink to that sorry that was a really crap clink that's a bit there that's just an excuse for me to drink let's be honest uh, uh sarah goes to look Goes out looking for Ben. Can't seem to find him. She goes to like his old mo- his old motel, and he is not there. Um, she goes to various casinos. She goes to one, and instantly is kind of marched out the door by one of the guys who works there. She's fucking pissed off. She spits in his face and bounces. And then we get a scene with like just a real lovely cabbie who kind of like talks about her appearance because she's battered and bruised 
and says like i can't believe anyone would do that to you like you could have any guy you want i was like yeah you're right man like i don't know like thinking about it now like i don't know like i don't know i know obviously on paper these are two horrible like like, not horrible people but they're two like disreputable human beings in the fact that one of them is an alcoholic one of them is a prostitute but they are victims of their circumstances and stuff like that like and they're like through this film you see that they are not bad people um on sarah's return to her apartment she gets a call from ben you only hear her side of the conversation she's like what's the address i will be there um she goes there and he is not looking right he is looking like fucking shit is in a bad way and uh things get a bit weird like he looks like he's tugging himself off and she climbs on top of him and has sex with him and uh we cut to the next morning he's kind of like looking all right and then like shaking on the i think he's all right but then he's shaking on the bed she's then sitting beside the bed and it's at this moment you realize that's it he's fucking dead and it's pretty fucking brutal i didn't i didn't realize it for a few minutes until the film had actually finished i was like oh fuck um she explained that she then explains another like scene of her like talking to the camera that um yeah they didn't they didn't have any problems with each other they kind of just accepted who they were like they didn't try they didn't have to didn't have to explain themselves to each other and they didn't have like much time together and they didn't want to change each other. And that's kind of the beauty of this relationship. Like two people accepting each other for who they are. And she says that she loved him. And um, this is where the film ends. And it was only after watching the film. That I found out that these scenes were therapy sessions of Sarah. Um, that were originally cut from the film. And the director like after seeing the film put back in because he felt that they actually added to the film um i was left kind of thinking like is that it like because i was unsure whether he had died or not i looked it up and yeah he had he had drunk himself into oblivion of the point of no return he was dead um and yeah it's kind of I kind of feel like this film will really sink in tomorrow once the alcohol has worn off. Um, But as a first impression, I really enjoyed this film. Uh, I read a few things just before, obviously, recording this part of the podcast that people say like it feels really dated because of the soundtrack and stuff like that. But I feel that with films, we should always look at them as a product of their time like you've got to think socially and contextually how things fall into place like there's plenty of films that are very much of their time but does that necessarily make them a bad film no i don't think it does i found this film engaging like i really felt for these characters i really wanted ben to clean up his act and sort his shit out and i really wanted those two characters to be happy together i wanted that fairy tale hollywood ending and like i wasn't disappointed that we didn't get that because it has that bittersweet note to it that like and almost like a wide a weird sense of pride that he set out with a goal and he fucking achieved it man um but yeah that's what i fucking thought of the film uh i'm gonna i'm gonna look up right now literally right this fucking second what the internet has say about this film obviously we know that this film is quite it's quite well received because it it won a fucking oscar 
he won Oscar for Best Actor, and I definitely see it. Of the films I've watched so far, this is probably the most, like, um, managed of the manic performances done. And, like, the the manicness of his performance serves a purpose. And this, I felt, is the the perfect role I've seen Nicolas Cage in as far in this um, journey through his back catalogue um but on to what the critics of the internet have to say and the three scores we have for this episode are imdb rotten tomatoes and the late great roger ebert so imdb scored this film 7.6 out of 10, which I'm really fucking surprised about. I I thought this film would at least be an 8. I don't know what those pricks on there are saying. Like, I'll fucking have a look and I'll give those, find out their names and give them some shit. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, a bit more like it, 90%. Um, Yeah, I'm fucking, I'm feeling that. And Roger Ebert, the boy, 4 out of 4, like... He, he sees fucking sense. Well, he saw fucking sense. Yeah, fucking, I am on with that. Uh, so that is it for leaving Las Vegas. I thoroughly, mu- uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it wholeheartedly. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked it up on eBay for like 99p, but that's because I got it in a plastic wallet and it's got a German menu and German subtitles, but I'm sure you can pick it up equally as cheap in um, an English edition. It should be fine. And what the fuck have we got coming up next episode? So... Let's have a little look. Oh, that one's done. That one's done. Sorry, I'm just consulting my my list on my phone. So, the next episode will be the 1996 film The Rock. Starring our main man, Nicolas Cage, and James Bond himself, Sean Connery. I kind of almost feel ashamed to admit that I've never actually watched this film. I know. Um, But I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, If everything goes to plan, I kind of don't want to announce it just in case it doesn't. But I should be recording this, that episode with Chris T., um, who has a podcast of his own, which is Introducing You Podcast, which is a really fucking good podcast. You should check it out. He kind of just talks to everyday people with extraordinary stories and just kind of, um, yeah, me and him are going to do a bit of a podcast swap if that pans out uh, rightly. We've been talking via social media and hopefully it will go ahead. If it doesn't, don't feel too disappointed, guys. Um, I try my best. Obviously, this podcast is just me. Like, there's no, there's no, no other people, no team or anything like that. It's just me trying my best, trying to get guests on and sorting that shit out. Um, and then the following week will be Con Air. I know a lot of people love this film, and again. I've never seen it, so uh, I know I'm in for a treat, and hopefully you guys are. Um, But yeah, that's all for this episode and everything we've got coming up. Uh, As always, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you want. Uh, Keep up to date with everything that I've got going on, like funny photos and shit like that on social media facebook twitter instagram all at caged in pod so c-a-g-e-d-i-n-p-o-d um 
Or, alternatively, you can always drop me an email and say, hey, you're a fucking prick at cagedinpod at gmail.com. Um, so, as always, I've been your host, Petrus Batsilovus. I've been drunk. I've been caged in. You've been rad. Especially if you fucking listened all the way to the end with these fucking drunk ramblings. Um hope yeah, hopefully this has fucking all made sense and I'm not I'm not a fucking madman. If you've got this far, fucking hats off to you. Uh see you next week. Take care guys. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Copa Connections, a Town Limery, Maine, franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.